they went into the police service not because they are patriots or they want to protect this country. They went there because of financial reasons. That some of them, at the time they were going in, they did not have like a college degree. So that was the only thing that they would do. Yeah, that, that was the only job that could pay them a decent amount yeah, of money. Yeah, so like for us, blessings being killed doesn't bring in a Black Lives Matter perspective. Yeah. But it does bring in the issue of incompetence in the Malay police service. This is an accident. accident. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, this whole topic on the cancel culture, I feel like it should then be a discussion that Malawians should fully partake in with the details of what has happened in America or something. It should open our eyes to problems that we have back yeah. here at home because, as I was saying before, that I thought that, uh, let's say, if we're canceling someone over something, it should just remind us, let's say the RK incident, like yeah. that should probably help us start a discussion on rape, underage yeah. relationships, because that's something that's happening. We, ha- yeah. we have so many RKs coming on college campuses <laughs> <laughs> during weekends, they're yeah. there. And it's like the blessed discussion. It's yeah. just that he wasn't necessarily... Maybe he was giving them monetary value. I never really followed the story, but yeah. that's the issue that grown men are being involved with yeah. young kids and they are manipulating them and making them do disgusting things. That's something that's happening here. Because it, the, the, the way I look at um, our partaking in council culture, it's like how people use American statistics for Malawi. Like you say that... Um, I was having... I don't. I was having conversations with a friend of mine. Like I can't remember where exactly it was, yeah. but then they were saying that for abortions, it's a very very small percentage of people who abort because they got raped. Then I say that that's the American statistic. So I get in a way I get irritated when people use American statistics to try and um, yeah, fix and, the problems we have here. I don't it's think that very irrelevant because the council culture is like you hit the person where it hurts the most, yeah. which is the pocket. Yeah. Because if you cancel Nike, let's say over the Luna's yeah. shoe, you hit them in their pocket. That Apparently, they, they had nothing to do with the launch and they're suing him. He, apparently. But yeah. like, you hit people where it hurts the most. So if yeah, you yeah, cancel yeah. an artist, that means that he's not selling ticket for, tickets for shows and everything. That means that his revenue is going down. Yeah. But then I don't think that these people care about Malawi. I don't think yeah. that like even the, the tiny input that you're putting on social media, media they, they I don't will never think, see that comment. Yeah. They really don't care. I, they really don't care. So instead of wasting our energy with those yeah. hashtags, why don't we start hashtags that yeah, and I think in, in a way we comment more on American politics than we do here. Because I think and we spend I said, a lot of our time on social media and that's what's always trending. Mm-hmm. Like America is the center of social media. And American politics is fine. Like... Because as we, their superpower and the economy directly affects ours, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. now American entertainment, because yeah. that's what we are focusing on. Most of the can- yeah. I don't think people are canceling senators. <laughs> <laughs> they are usually canceling rappers, yeah, yeah. actresses, yeah. models, influencers, whatever. Yeah. And these people, whatever decisions that we make here, does they don't really affect yeah, their, they, they, their they, bank they account really or anything. Yeah. So. And I think people have to be far much more serious about the problems that we have here. Because, like, yes, you will, you can tweet um, and follow and hashtag something. Like, that. who was that guy who was shot by the police? Blessings Nyondo. That's yeah. a very serious discussion. And you know what? And when that happened, five days. It, it went away within a week. Yeah. And 
now the Malawi Human Rights Commission has released a report on what happened to Blessings Nyondo. Yeah. And it's, wait, wait, what are they saying actually happened? Because I read the police report. Saying it that, to be... They're saying that a, pol- a guard or a police who guards at MPC actually shot yeah. Blessings when he was running away from thugs. So the story is true. That boy was shot when oh. he was not a thug. Wait, he was running. Wait, so did he actually? Did this? Did he actually get into the policeman's car? I think so. But they, he was running away from danger, yeah. and he trusted that the police would help him. And it was the same police that took his life. So maybe he might have even been safer with the thugs. So, that, because okay, what the police report said, they said something along the lines that he went into the car. Tried and tried to, to grab the, the gun away gun. from, but that wasn't true. And apparently, the policeman was a bit drunk, drunk, so probably his judgment oh. was poor. And this is a very serious problem. Like, yeah. I, as a person who usually goes out at night, a lot of policemen are drunk on these patrols yeah. that they go to. Yeah. So their judgment is extremely. And here's impaired. one thing: the one thing I think is um, wrong with Malayan policemen. They went into the police service not because they are patriots or they want to protect this country. They went there because of financial reasons. That some of them, at the time they were going in, they did not have like a college degree. So that was the only thing that they would do. Yeah, that, that was the only job that could pay them a decent amount yeah, of money. Yeah, so like for us, blessings being killed doesn't bring in a Black Lives Matter perspective. Yeah. But it does bring in the issue of incompetence in the Malay police service, yeah. which is something that's serious. They're very, very serious. And, and it's something it's that we must talk about. Reverence, yeah. But yet the way that people handled that hashtag, you know, something like police brutality. Yeah. But the police brutality isn't the root of the problem. Yeah. It's incompetent policemen yeah. who We are, are are you for um to ask you about American politics. Yeah. Do do you think that it's right to Let's to defund the police. I don't think it is because you then create an incompetence problem as well. Because yeah. to be competent, you need to have resources. Yeah, enough resources. So if you're taking away resources, you're not punishing the policeman who committed the actual crime. Yeah, you're just yeah. punishing the whole police service. And the more incompetent that they become, you even give them further excuses because now they can say, well, we would have been able to help you, but we didn't yeah, because yeah, we didn't yeah. have resources. Didn't have so it's resources. not... You're missing the point. You're dealing with trivial issues when you can clearly that, see the that problem. One of the solutions to this would <clears throat> do the incompetence of Malawian police officers. I think that as a country, we should have had a Pledge of Allegiance. Like um, the way most countries have a Pledge of Allegiance. I think that in a way makes a lot of people more patriotic. Does yeah, it? I, 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 think feel, it does. I feel like that's just <clears throat> for sure and everything. But then the truth is that one we need to be more serious with our recruitment process. Yeah. As you say, that people who are employed into the police, it, should, it shouldn't be that thing which is looked down upon, that yeah. useless people go there, people whose society has no use for it should be, you should yeah. be able to, a, a young person should be able to say, I want to be a policeman when I grow up because yeah. what policeman... Fight for this kind of, but then, like, don't you think that that's also rooted in patriotism? That I think that there's a certain link between... A, Pledge of Allegiance and patriotism. Because I think that a lot of people don't even know what exactly patriotism is. That's very true. And so I, I think that that's yeah. possibly the root of most of the corruption too. Because I look at how the largest economies, look at how patriotic the people in the largest economies are. Corruption is not really a very, very big thing for them. Like, yes, there is a certain level of corruption. But then I think that what's larger than the corruption is their patriotism, their dedication yeah. to the country. Like, and China, a country that is... That will is it by twenty fifty? They'll uh, they'll be the largest economy on the planet, yeah. and they'll beat America. I think that that is one of the most patriotic countries 
on the, it has one of the most patriotic citizens. But and even the, the most fascist countries that were successful in killing a lot of people, they needed people to be patriotic. The media plays a very huge part in that. Yeah. And that, I think that's how America drives that. Yeah. That because they use movies, they use yeah. what? Because you know, American intelligence is overhyped and yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. But then I think that to some extent they're actually that advanced. I don't think they are, but because like if China has to steal intelligence from them, and they can't, re- they're failing to replicate it. They have to go and steal that. Do they to, steal it because steal don't they just steal technology. it because they they want to know what's going on the other side? No, I mean these they're stealing how the, uh, how their military operates. They're stealing military operation processes. Oh, but and they steal technology too. Ah, but maybe because America has been advanced for a long time, longer yeah. than China has been, so you don't want them to replicate the whole pl- the whole process of finding out. Yeah. But going back to that, uh, what do, what is your theory and why these the whites seem to be far ahead of the blacks? I I think that this is something that people never want to talk about. They're so scared to. I, I talk also about. don't. Like, want, I, I, I also I, don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, I mean, I'm quite sure at this point that it's not that. Um, white people are smarter than black people. No, that absolutely. Yeah, not. because absolutely there are not. scientific studies that put that crystal clear that absolutely that's not the case. Not. But true. we still see a huge difference between the two. How developed the two are, the life expectancy, the medical advancements, etc. I the, think they they had a huge head start of us. But how? Because all of them came from Africa, though. But the timeline that you're looking at is like the first man and like. Traveling from Africa, yeah, to, because, but, but I think advancement people. started with civilization, like the Greeks. That's what matters. The Egyptians and yeah. all of those things. That that's when we and our current civilization, like we can trace it back to when the early African settlers came in, like the white people. Yeah, when they came in, the Mongopaks, things like those. That's when they started this advancement. When the British Empire finally conquered the world. I feel like yeah. that's what matters now. And ever since then, we have been slagging behind. But then we, we were already behind before they colonized us. Actually, significantly behind. That's why they were able to colonize us. Because they came with guns. We had knives. We had knives, true. So, oh, there's only they had one ships, case in they history. They would be able to travel to yeah. other places and we wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Really. Yeah, the, there's only one case of um, <laughs> bringing knives to a gunfight that I've heard of a victory for the guys who brought the knives. Was, yes, Shagazulu. He's the only guy who did that. But the problem was he didn't... Uh, after he won the battle, he didn't go to the camps of the British and try to kill them. But so then I don't think that, that victory would have lasted for a long time also because the British should have just called for more reinforcement, more weapons. But then by the time they were getting here, by the time those reinforcements were getting here, I think they would have had uh, their guns. Yeah, but I don't... They uh, would have... That's the thing. Maybe he wasn't that smart, as you're saying. That yeah. He didn't really know the tactics for battle in yeah. the way that the British did. So, but so, but then, like, I I'm still very very puzzled. Like, is it maybe the leadership structures that we had at the time they weren't there to ensure um the, our intellectual development? I think that that could be a very huge factor because as black people, we don't really look into the future. We we are people yeah, who right. are very short-sighted. Yeah, and you, you even see that with a lot of black businesses. We are very short-sighted. Like, you just want to get that Range Rover really quick or that yes. Mercedes really quick. And I remember I had a discussion with my friend about businesses and I, I was saying that the key to 
an advanced economy also is when businesses are not short-sighted. And yeah, I kept yeah. asking myself, and I was the discussion was mainly about why so many people keep building townhouses when they have a lot of money because yeah, yeah, yeah. CEOs, whatever, in this neighborhood itself, we have yeah. a lot of people who have built a lot of townhouses. And I was asking that, what's the difference if if I have enough money to build a five-bedroom house mm-hmm. and I, have, I can do three five-bedroom houses, which are really nice, and I'm going to charge people like a million to live in that house, why don't I use that money to build like 30 houses? Because I can afford the land, I can afford to build, and yeah. then I build like 33 bedroom houses, two bedroom houses for young people like you and me after yeah. I graduate college to live in this. What do I lose really? Because the amount of rent that comes in in the end might probably be the same amount. I'm still making, let's say, 3 million from these houses. But then what I have done, not only am I a property owner, but I have also been able to provide decent housing for my fellow Malawians and to more people. But I think that it's also a business culture thing that I think that the way I look at business for different countries is that there's a certain business culture that the Asians have, that the Europeans have, and that the Africans have. So here it's more about copying what other people are doing. The Europeans and the Asians seem to be a little more innovative and think Is it only about innovation or is it about caring about your community? Because I feel like the Asians, since most of these people are becoming successful, far away from home yeah they feel that they must be helpful to one another they must help one another where one is slagging behind yeah they must be able to provide decent accommodation they must all have decent accommodation and as malawians we don't see that we just believe that as long as i'm providing for me and my My family family, that's enough and as long as we keep thinking like that black people won't be that but but what do you think would um make has changed that business culture because like for example let's look at the fishers in mangoji they mm-hmm. fish one of the rarest type of fish yeah. but then you never really see them expanding because what they could do i think that if they if the government is a little more serious about smaller businesses and decided to be giving them say investment forums and told them that if you kept this money that you're making from fishing your uh this money that you're making from fishing you can expand your business in this 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 way and teach them the chain of it's education transaction with it's this. education the, the thing is that we're not investing enough into education and as you're saying any business forum that is given basically what they do is that you as an entrepreneur are given access to a person who has actually studied let's say business studies and that person is your business coach and they guide you that yes you studied this business michael you're making profits but i can help you have new strategies that will help you make more money. So I think that especially the Malawian society, we really undervalue the importance of education because people believe that, well, if as long as you're making money, school is not necessary. And I don't buy into this. Like I don't uh, but see... I, I do. I think that school is overvalued. That what it was good for at the time, because the way I look at it is that but the reason why you put such emphasis on school is because at a certain point in time, the school was very important. It was almost your only as Escape, escape from, from poverty. poverty which so is so that has been that idea has been transported through our fathers great grandfathers why do we look but at school what school as, is good for yeah. is making money True. and if you can't make the money without the school you're just fine because school would teach you how to make let's say product x and if you can make product x yeah. that will directly contribute to society yeah. and they'll pay you back with money yeah there's no point of you having to go to school to make that money but why do, do we, to make it there to get that knowledge? Why why do we only look at school in terms of standard one up to form four and yeah. then up to college? 
like the education. structure is very very messed up like if you were designing a structure for people to be able to, for people to amass to get knowledge yeah i don't think it would look like standard one standard two standard three eight yeah four, the education four, system eight. is in yeah. poor form itself but yeah. then what i'm saying is that to malawians you see we have this idea that every time someone mentions education you have to go to school to get an msc oh yeah okay well, right, so that's what i, I wanted to okay well, i get that yeah drive on that the problem is that we think that education is directly linked to academia oh, all right, right which is it's not yeah, yeah and yeah. that's why most of our decisions end up and i think that informal education is should be what we pursue yes because it's the only thing that we can get without having to invest a lot of money in school blocks etc and Malawians, the moment that one person drops out from school and they're getting a bit of money, they even stop pursuing informal education for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, by doing that, you become short-sighted because even traveling is something that is informal education. It's yeah. really important. Yeah, it's yeah, better yeah, than yeah, school yeah, because yeah, yeah, in many ways. I remember watching the Tom Benganjia interview and something that he said, which was very important, was that he was more motivated when he went, he was the CEO for the Malaysia Stock Exchange or something like yeah. that. And when he traveled, because uh, different stock exchanges in different countries in Sadiq used to meet up. Yeah. And every time that he went to these meetings, they would actually meet actual businessmen. Then he'd be like, this is Michael Maruka from Zimbabwe. Yeah. And then like, look at his business portfolio and he's like a billionaire. And when he saw that, he was motivated. Then he realized that an African can be able to build mm-hmm. something that, like FDH. But do you think that, here, I was saying to myself someday that, do you think that um, the internet that trans transports us or helps us travel without actually having to travel because i think that that's how yes it, that's how these things are working yes. actually yes that yes. if you're exposed to the internet i think your chance of getting rich are significantly yes. higher because you get a lot of ideas yes. from there yes and that's what i'm saying that malawians don't really utilize informal education because yeah. the internet is a great way and it's just looked at as a waste it's of looked time. at as a waste of time yeah. it's looked at as a means to and harass others a means to find sexual partners yeah. <laughs> i think that informal education in many ways is also better because it helps you to internalize the information rather than having to study it for an it's exam it's more practical in yeah, every because aspect. your only exam is real life yes it's more and that's the thing the thing about the internet that you've brought up that i for one say that i, I travel within malawi i try my best but then yeah. i haven't traveled outside the country yet yeah, which yeah. is something i want to do but then I believe that I'm better off sometimes than other people who have interacted with who have left because Malawians don't really utilize their chances when they travel outside the country yeah, yeah. to learn something that's yeah. that adds value to their life. Yeah. But then the internet can transport me to yeah, these places without having without to, having to yeah. go there. So why should I complain? Like Malawians are also very good at complaining. Like yeah, when you, they don't have we specialized some, in it. Yes, yeah. we, we're specialized in complaining that I would rather be a sitting duck just because I thought in my mind that I need 500,000 to start a business. My I have a business plan and I say, how much money do you need to change your life today? Oh, I need 5 million. What, what, what do you do when you have the 5 million? I'll do this, 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 this. And I'm like, okay. But then what are you doing in the meantime? Why well, you know in Malawi? Mavuto, young people, Mavuto, Didibe, Maiwang, And I think that building very, very small. Yeah, you have to start building small. Because so it like, helps you get some less. Like, yeah. if, like right now, I don't think I would accept... Okay, I... I, I don't think I would accept a hundred million dollars just to start. Of, of course, I would, but then, like, the point I'm trying to make is that I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would learn as much if I was just handed a exactly, hundred million dollars exactly. to so, start my business than I would have if I exactly, built up to that hundred exactly. million dollars. So that's the same thing with the internet. That maybe most of us are not 
allow to travel that much but then yeah. the internet television and everything has afforded us the opportunity to see what the other side of the world yeah. is like so why then should i complain that i haven't gone outside the country when i have internet but, but you have seen what it, i have, yeah, seen, have seen what, outside, is, what, like, what is outside the country a life that i must there. aspire to have yeah. i have seen that like yeah. what and this i also use the access to the internet to be an important metric in develop in measuring how developed or predicting how developed people are going to be because yeah. you see that the internet when you look at the price of accessing the internet it's usually the cheapest in the most in the comparatively richer countries and it's more more expensive and harder to access in poorer countries yeah. so we're set basically the structure here we're set to almost fail because internet is extremely expensive in yeah, maybe, one of the most expensive maybe that's why you must also have like a special episode dedicated to the data must flow <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. actually, I think yeah, I think I should I should do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I think I should invite someone from DNF. Maybe you must hear their side of the story. Yeah, because, because I think that because they they, they, say, they say that the issue is that they invested a lot into the infrastructure, yeah, which yeah. in most countries is the government that invests in infrastructure. Yeah. But the government in this country hasn't, yeah. so they have to get back the return on that investment. That it's oh, yeah. important okay. to maintain. Yeah. It's expensive, not important. It's expensive to maintain. The but then I think that, that for, they, for for as long I think they've been here. For a very very long time, such that I think that they have made back that profit. Because then, when you look at how the, the thing I think with has made over a billion dollars by now. The thing with that infrastructure is that it constantly has to be maintained. It yeah. has to be removed. Like now, there's five G. Now they have to make yeah. sure that their network is able to support that. There is constant but change. I think, that, I think that that's the failure of the mechanisms in the free market. Because if I think what the government should do is that it should find a way to subsidize. Um, internet to subsidize yeah. the internet because yeah. i think that if more people have access to more information far much easier it'll be very very good for our countries to develop it, it is it would be in in, in many many it ways would, and as i say the internet is a really really huge tool that if you're going to give up on education for my education huh. at least enroll hmm. into the youtube university yeah. like, honestly <laughs> like, like invest in youtube invest yeah. in so many things I, I, even I in travel that, sites because yeah. When you see that, well, I believe that these people who are investing in the tourism sector in Malawi, I yeah. believe maybe even if they just went on Instagram and saw different travel places, maybe yeah. they would do better with these lodges that yeah. we have. With these. I, I, I also think that the education industry might collapse soon with the coming of the internet because like learning on the internet is becoming so, so much easier. And actually, when we go to school, most of our learning is done on the internet. We most of the tutorials that we search up like for me for me during my first year yeah. i spent most of the, my time on the internet my lecture especially in the second semester my lecture did not teach me anything mm. in that class i learned on youtube yeah and i remember i remember when you were telling me about this i told you about my calculus experience yeah i almost failed calculus yeah. if it wasn't for you for the internet for the internet But then there are some people in the very same class who did fail calculus and <laughs> they, they had the same opportunity as me to use the internet because yeah. I'm not the brightest student in math anyway. Yeah. But the internet helped push yeah. that. Yeah. So we are undervaluing the yeah. potential of the internet in this country and we can't blame anyone for that. Yeah. I think we should move to uh, we've talked about business for quite yeah, quite some time. Quite some time. I think we can move to no, politics. Yes, because that's the whole point. Leftism. You you were you were saying that you were you initially thought that you were part of the left. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I still think I am, but as I explained that my problem is that the left is like an angry little girl that 
the moment that you don't do exactly what she wants, she's yeah. going to throw a tantrum. And most of the people that I've met, I used to think we share common ideas. Yeah. Like they bring yeah. in this topic. Mm. That's how you recognize that which side you're on anyway. That yeah. what do you think about this trace? And I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. What do you and then I'm like, but the moment that I added that, that but, but yeah, yeah, like then, you're not part of us. You're not you're, part of because us. Because I think what the left does a lot is that it it always wants you to fit a certain criteria. It won't allow you to it find merit in the opposite side. It really it, won't. They, they won't. If you find, if you disagree with them on anything, you you completely have to be a socialist or a communist. You have to be completely for abortion. Yeah. You the, you cannot disagree Completely for... Okay, <laughs> anyway. What? <laughs> what are you about to say? I think I know what you're about to say. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you have but to yeah. be for everything yeah. that they say. And I, in many ways, that stops people from thinking. Because if you're going to tell them that if you're not part of us, oh, I, actually, to be part of us, you have to accept everything that, we're, te- what, that yeah. we're indoctrinating you into. It's almost like a new religion in a way. It is. Anything that we're indoctrinating you into. And if you're not part of us, we're going to basically send you to hell on earth. The cancel culture. We're yes. going to cancel you. Yeah. Like I think it's just tuned in such a way that it won't allow people to think. Like, can I differ from you and that be okay? Like, when someone says, for example, if a black person says that, um, I I don't know if this is exactly a left thing, but if a black person says that, say I'm more attracted to white women, I don't really see a problem with that. To be honest with you, but I hope you would differ with me on this. Uh, but then I, d- I, I see, see a problem, problem with it. I see a Why? problem with it because uh, I feel like as black people also, not just because you're, you belong to the left or anything, you must be the one who protects black sisters. Because but but that, that uh, protecting someone and liking someone are very different things. Because, yes, like, but I, don't by, think that, I, don't I think, think that you I feel like you can you can feel that, but then saying it out loud like that also sends this message that but then like it, the way i look at it it's um i can be attracted to what i want like the, there are also a lot of black women who aren't won't be attracted to me because i'm black i'm dark but and i don't have a problem with that like but we, that's the thing that's the thing let's say to. let's say you're a pedophile that you're attracted to kids uh-huh. does that make it all right no that i think that's very very different no. because now we're bringing in a matter of consent okay what i want the point i want to drive at was that when something is wrong in general it's just wrong it doesn't it, you don't really have to find ways of justifying it just because well, well i think we do though because it's it, like for example if i was asked is murdering innocent people wrong yeah i thought of it and i said no i because i'm what i always try to do with the things yeah. that i believe strongly in is to always play the devil's advocate and everything that i believe in and in many ways i've been emancipated from the from say religious indoctrination because of that yeah, because yeah, i yeah. always try to play the devil's i always try to take that comfortable yeah. point of view to see that is this really wrong or is society just trying to teach me that this is wrong and i try to experience it for myself so yeah, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. for example the killing of um innocent children yeah this was being asked to me by a religious person yeah and i was like well i don't think you're in the right position to say that murdering um, but Innocent people is wrong because we. Do, I hope you do remember what God did to the Canaanite children. <laughs> he slaughtered all the two-day-old children who had absolutely no idea what was going on. He and slaughtered that's what I'm saying, that when something is wrong, we shouldn't really find ways of justifying it. Because Christians will always justify it by what I call bullshit. I, I don't know if this podcast allows <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But Christians always justify things with 
things that in general they are bullshit. But I feel like the biggest thing also is putting things into context because yeah. what you say, maybe it's the context that you're saying and that might make it wrong or that might make it right. Like the killing of two-day-old children who have absolutely no idea what's going on and have not done anything wrong to anyone. Yeah, I so don't think that there's a context that would make that okay. Yes, but for example, that thing that you you prefer white women over black, I feel like mm-hmm. it depends on. Oh, no, I wasn't saying I do. It. I'm just I, saying, just if, saying someone, that, yeah. if someone if someone says that, I, I, I feel like it's, it. it's an issue of context. And one thing that I feel like a lot of people don't do is put things in the context that they are in. Like uh, yeah. you you choose to neglect the context yeah. in general. You just and that's something that the left. Yeah, yeah I was very, also about to say that is it's very, very good. They will just take something at face value they will not examine yeah. it in context yeah. they just it's like they're on a manhunt to cancel someone like prosthetizing in a way they've just created that if you are a human being you want to get closer to that oh yeah if you're a human being this is the standard that you must have yeah, yeah and if you don't fit into this category then you're a beast you're a barbarian in many ways yes like okay, give me your um argument for abortion I, I, should I discuss this? I don't think I should I, I, because I, I, I'm I having Zabe that... over and I really want to. Yeah, I okay. feel like you should shift Wait. it to that. I think you should move the uh, mic because yeah. it's like your. Oh, it's yeah, this yeah, side yeah, that records. Yeah, okay, yeah. excellent. But yeah, I feel like that discussion should be okay, I, I should be reserved for a whole the, full podcast yeah. because there's okay, so the, much into the it. The death penalty, at least. The death penalty. At least maybe you can engage me in that. That I. D- I don't see why it would be wrong to murder someone like Hitler. Okay. I see. I, I think the point of the death penalty was. So to what say you're saying, as you're saying, it's an issue of context because it's like, who must it apply to? You want to change the discussion because people, the left is just saying, let's cancel. I'm not sure the left's position on the death penalty. Oh, it's entirely against it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But it's a conservative point of view. This is why, like, I part company with the left on a lot of matters. Yeah, but, but then I still identify as a left. That's the thing because the right is just—it's too extreme. It's too extreme like, that there's you, so many wrongs that are wrong. But if you conservative, so, I presented this discussion to someone who recognizes themselves and, and they say that I'm a fascist because Wait, who recognizes themselves as what? As being part of the left, and I huh? said, well, I'm not entirely with the left but neither am i with the right and they said yeah. well you you can't just be neutral in this on thing center, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey, i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but i am <laughs> but, but, he, but on he, the death penalty also what you're proposing is that we should look at it in context like for example a person like hitler but then in general i believe that the right to life at no point it's inviolable like you cannot violate you cannot violate a person's right to life. But then don't you think that all rights must be qualified? That my right to, um, for example, my okay, but, but before I give that argument, I think we must clarify that human rights are things that human beings came up with, right? So these we shouldn't regard them as to be divine inscriptions of any sort. So No, but, okay, continue. continue. Yeah, so my the argument I make is that yeah. the thing that the death penalty tries to recognize is that there are some people who commit crimes so grievous that sending them to a prison cell is not the worst thing you do to them. So, for example, yeah. I think it was in 2016. But there are different ways of, there are different theories of punishment, there are different mm-hmm. ways of 
Okay, fine. Let me take the example of the terrorist that was interviewed in 2016 by BBC. Yeah. He said with the influence he had, he killed 9,000 people. He single-handedly killed over 900 people, yeah. raped over 400 women and over 30 underage children. Wow. Right? I don't think that with the... I'm oh, disgusted I, by just hearing... Yeah, I mean, are you really telling me that the best justice there is for this guy in no heaven and hell is that you send him to a prison cell that he'll be worshipped for, that, that he'll be worshipped at? for fighting against um, the USA, for example. And in many countries, okay. raping people... I, I should just ask you this. What do you propose before we get into the discussion? What do you propose should be done? I think I, I, I recognize the merit in the death penalty because I don't think... I think that the right to life yeah. has... To, the right to life must only be... Uh, Guys, is, is, is qualified by minor killing other people. So, for example, my right to education is qualified by the so condition that I don't... So, Moses is low. Moses is low. That's an eye for an eye. If I take a life, Lex my must be... Well, not necessarily. I find that th- there are certain problems with that. So, I don't make the argument that if you killed one person, you should also be killed. Okay. I, I, it's not that easy. But then I... Th- I um, it, I mean, the standard is not that low. But okay. the argument I make is that okay. if you... For example, if you're a person like Hitler, yeah, I think that there are two th- one of two things that should be done to you either yeah. your life should be taken very yeah. very 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 slowly and very very painfully yes which is something that i wanted to ask you because or you should just penalty, be tortured for the rest of your life the death penalty in a way also isn't really it's wasteful it's maybe. wasteful yeah. because yeah. if you really think about the thing that hitler did and then you're just saying that let's say you put an injection in his body and in the next five minutes he's out Oh, oh, oh the injections aren't exactly like, like they're not uh, they're not that painless like they subject they make your blood boil basically like but think about it for a, for a person that terrorist you're talking about for a person who's directly had their hand in the death of 9000 people you yeah. just like suffer for five minutes and Oh, I, but I, I, I don't suggest that you should kill them that slowly. And I no. believe that death is peaceful because that's what we say when we lose our loved ones. I I I don't I think that's it. a lie. <laughs> I don't I don't buy. I don't I don't But buy. people always because you know there are people who have been horrible human beings just but just because they are family when they die is to say, say nice things about, about them. them and then they've gone to a better place meaning that we actually believe that death is peaceful. So, I think people are just trying to be nice at your funeral. Like it's okay. a, it's the last time they'll have to withstand all the stupid stuff that you did so might as well just grant him the courtesy to okay, a nice uh doesn't that nice enc- doesn't that encourage people to live reckless lives though, because If we remember people for how they lived, I feel like that's human why I'm, beings... I'm, I'm against that. I think that there's some people who, uh, who when they die, we probably should put them into a blender and feed their <laughs> body to de- to dogs. I don't think that everyone is deserving of a nice. Um, I, I also believe that. I don't think that all, hum- all human beings deserve to be remembered the same. But that's why yeah. we do because. Then what's the whole point of living a nice life? Because mm. when you die, you're still going to pretend like you're a good person. Yeah, I think you should you should remind me to for us to discuss about the Kamuzu thing, whether or not we should celebrate um, Kamuzu Day. But well, that man was the, a dictator. Let me just say it from the onset. But okay, let me just finish my argument for yeah, um, for the death the, penalty. The death penalty. Yes. The reason I see merit in it is yeah. because. Every right must be qualified. So the right to life, I don't. I think that it's a very simplistic view to say that everyone is equally deserving of this right to life under any circumstance. I don't think so. I th- I feel like that right is as qualified as every other right. No, because you know rights are divided in different aspects, hmm. and some rights are just because you have to understand that that can also be abused. 
that, that, so, that, that I call the risk of justice. The, you cannot have zero risk and justice. You have to choose either to have justice and bear within it a certain level of risk, and this risk is to punish the wrong people, or you cannot have justice at all and zero risk uh-huh. because you will not punish any, anyone who's wrong. So yes, I do admit that you might um, kill the wrong person yeah. and some drug cartels might use the government as a mechanism to start killing these people, yeah. to kill people legally. Yeah. There are many ways that in which this thing can go Can wrong. be abused because However, you have to understand that... I don't that buy the don't... argument that everyone is deserving of the right to life. I don't, I don't buy it okay. because I feel like there are some people who have done crimes so grievous that the only way to resolve this is to relieve society of their presence. Yeah, yeah. I understand your perspective and the thing is, there's so many arguments that can be advanced about this. I would make mine and even the listeners have their own and we yeah, wouldn't yeah. really come to... I'll be cancelled for saying that. But yeah, but we wouldn't really come to life. something that is tangible if we have this discussion. But for me, even if I... Because I'm going to argue from a human rights perspective and for you in general, you see that you don't... You believe that human rights are this man-made. You shouldn't really Which they are. I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah, they are. Made they are. Like but for you, something. what you see about them is that we shouldn't really look at them divinely to that extent, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I value them to that extent, and would... why, why is that? I think that the, there are some things we can. There are things that we must value, but then to assign a divine value to something yeah. is too big a step, because okay, that okay, makes okay. us prone to being blind. Yeah, but before I lose my train of thought, what I wanted to say was that I remember that my constitutional lecture used to say, "Oh, was it him?" Yes, he used to say, "I don't know, but it's probably him." But then he said that. We have to understand that things don't happen in a vacuum. Like anything that we do has a, an effect yeah, or something else. on real people. On real yeah, people, yeah, a yeah. cause or effect. And since these things don't happen in a vacuum, we have to understand that what you're saying, if we don't recognize the right to life as an invariable right, that certain people do not deserve that. If we start looking at that, if you do these, these, these actions, you no longer deserve to be alive. What we need to understand is that people who make these decisions about who dies and who lives are powerful people. Yeah. Politicians, what, what, and they are prone and they are, they are prone to abuse these yeah, things. Yeah. So, it's not happening in a vacuum. Well, so, so, the argument It's better saying, to just avoid it in general because, as you said, we are going to run a risk of this being abused. Mm-hmm. But if we just entirely left it and abandon the death sentence, I don't think that there's any abuse that's going to happen because we can then find ways. Okay, the, the argument I was furthering was that not everyone is deserving of life. However, how that will be implemented in the government ma- machinery is a very, very complex process. Exactly. But, so so I'm, I don't directly make the argument that we must start killing a certain group of people. But then what I do say is that it's it must morally... It must be an option. Yeah, it's we morally upholdable to kill some people. The table. Yeah. We shouldn't take it away from the table. That's and I'm saying, by just keeping it on the table, we don't know who's going to use it for what purposes. And I just feel like... Oh, so so you'd, you'd consider at least torturing? Because I I find that anyone who disagrees with the first option, that is to um, kill people very, very slowly over a very long period of time, but should there, at least agree with torture. There are other arguments that can be made that for a person who reaches an extent of committing the crimes, like, for example, the terrorists that you told us about, did, yeah. that they had mental health issues, so maybe what they need is rehabilitation and not punishment. But then the, the problem is, criminals thrive... Oh, I'll quote, was it Razogu? You said criminals thrive under the indulgence of society. Are you societies. talking about Razogu like Batman? Razogu. Yeah. <laughs> he said that criminals thrive under the indulgence of society's understanding. That's I think a, that criminals... That, that's a script that a script writer wrote. to be... I think he's a smart human being, whoever wrote that. Okay. One of the best strategies ever okay. written. Yeah, yeah. But I think that criminals must be treated with the same courtesy they treated their um, 
they, they, through the same courtesy, they treated their victims too. It's only fair that if someone did X to a, per, to a person, you must at least res- try and restore them to the original position that they were. The victim, punish yes. That, yeah, yes, punish the victims that must person. be restored to the original position that I agree with. However, I, I also there, think that retribution is important. There are certain things that you can important. restore. There are certain things that we can't restore. So. It, th- yeah, I think that's why we have partial um, compensation or partial remedies. I think that's what yeah, you call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, a, there's still value in um, retribution. And my... Th- the way I argue for retribution is that I find value in it because it instills a certain confidence within yes, the legal system. Yes, it also brings deterrence to yeah. future criminals, which yeah. is so, true. But then, the but then, I, to the level that it will um, instill a certain level of um, belief within the legal system, it will also make people more likely to obey the system yeah. because they believe that it works. Yeah. So I think that it serves two functions, two very, yeah. very important functions. Such that if you fulfill those two functions, you will have actually three. Stability. Actually, three because it instills confidence in the system by the people. It punishes the actual perpetrators yeah, yeah. and it deters future perpetrators. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it actually, it's effective, I guess. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but as I've said, these things don't happen in a vacuum, yeah. and they are most likely to be abused. So I'd rather take a route where we also consider that by doing this, the effect might be that this person might abuse the system. Because we already have a broken down system, mm-hmm. the government machinery in itself. But I think that it would be... Oh, you are, of course, you, you always carry a risk within performing justice, but then the criteria that you must set... But okay, let me just ask you, 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 you know the Innocence Project, right? I don't know. I, I, the American Innocence Project, like where they revisited cases of people who are on death row, and then oh, I think I read about it. Somewhere. Yeah, and yeah, then but in the end, they found out that maybe the trial they were it was a mistrial yeah. and things like those. Imagine if the innocence person finds out that there was a mistrial and this person is dead. I feel like keeping people alive. As you oh, okay, say, so at least you you accept torturing them for a long time, right? Punishment. Yes. So, like, but then, like cutting uh, we, off we, parts we, of their body slightly. <laughs> I feel like that's going too far because. We have to set limits also to how we're going to punish these people. Do you think that? Because I feel like when they created the prison system, they felt like taking away your freedom of movement and everything is punishment enough for you. Like making you become secluded from the rest of the world is punishment to you. So maybe right now what, what we need to, the discussion that we need to have is that maybe should we redefine ways of punishing people? Maybe right now prisons, the way that they are, they're not really punishment enough for certain crimes that humans are now able to commit because there are certain crimes that maybe we didn't commit in the past which they can commit today mm. like bomb suicide bombing yeah. what 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 and then and i think but, but then i don't look at being secu- secluded from let's say your family as, as punishment. punishment i don't so look at it that way i look at it i look at it as trying to avoid you from influencing people who are outside of prison so, yeah, like, yeah. The re- putting all the rapists, the murderers... Away together, from... In, from yeah, away from it, everyone else. Yeah, it also helps the victims be. because probably seeing you... Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. So, I think that it's... I look at it as to serve that function more than as um, a method of torturing you, if you will. Because so what, I think what's you an can e- easily adjust what's an effective, what's an effective method for you? To punish someone... Because everyone adjusts specifically. to pain. You know, everyone adjusts to pain. I feel like if you are being... Well, to given a certain same, level. Yes, if you're being given the same punishment over and over every day, at some point you get used to it and it's no longer punishment for you. So then we have to shift punishment constantly. Yeah, you, if you're you, on a life you, sentence... You have to keep it interesting. Yeah, we have... Oh, wow. <laughs> <You> have to, <laughs> 
you play the game very good. You can't you can't be repeating the same thing. But that places a huge burden on us because we have to keep thinking but about there, the there is a burden for justice is a burden in general. I look at it as God's sick joke to humanity that it's for you to be able to achieve this certain level of good, it would take that's, that's so much work. Okay, it would take so much work for you to um for you to accomplish justice yeah. for you to accomplish justice. And ju- it's, it's it's something that doesn't come easy. It's a very expensive thing. But then I think the ben- its benefit outweighs the cost to society. But I feel like you're also running away from a discussion I was trying to start okay, that, uh, that maybe we don't recognize the cause of one becoming a criminal. Like what caused them? What made them become But do you think that, that that should be grounds to exonerate them? That because because to, finally wait, we can Not de- to exonerate them, but to treat them. Because, because I think that everything... Um, okay, one of my one of the things I believe in is that yeah. we don't necessarily have free will because our actions are caused by another object's actions. Like, for example, my choice to sit on this chair yeah. was entirely predicated on someone else deciding to make a chair. Yeah. So that manifests itself on hundreds of other levels. Yeah. So, yes, we can be able to establish a cause of someone's action. That was what entirely if we can their actually fault. Prove? What but if that's we can not, actually the, that's prove not that. I think, I don't think that's a point, though, to say that just because you weren't necessarily the cause of your actions, then we can exonerate you. Not exonerate you. You performed the we, actions, and yes, that's what we, we must, must attack. Yes, but we must you because you have a problem rather than just killing you. Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah I think we must treated, make you more contributive if, to society. Yes, if you're treated, yeah. you'd probably be better off but but then but you have to accept that for a certain level of evil that has been done, there's no amount of good that one person can do that can in a way make neg- negating the punishment beneficial. So like I think that if for someone like um let's say Hitler, yeah, yeah, you can, you let's say even if you rehabilitate him, yeah. let's say he offers his he offers his um specialties for free to society. Yeah. I don't think that that will. Th- that is worth foregoing the six million people that he, that he killed. So if, if that's the argument I make: that only a certain group of people, only mm. a certain group of murderers, must be killed or tortured. Yeah, and I think that that I think that we can find at least common ground on, on something on that. of that sort. I think even people who are against the death penalty sometimes when they hear, I see them when they hear about a rapist who raped a two-month-old baby and they yeah. cut the child's private parts with a knife to make them bigger and things like those. It's a graphic. They also agree that people must be killed. So maybe you yeah. make an interesting argument because yeah. maybe when, as I've said, everything must be argued within the context that it is. So yeah. maybe the death penalty must be must still be an option on the table, but then mm. we must look at each individual criminal specifically. Yeah, right? yeah. Not just say that, well, if you kill a person, everyone who committed the crime of murder whereby their actions resulted in the death of another must also be killed. But yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't make that argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we I must look at that. What actions resulted in the death of that other person? Yeah. The but manner in which that. Was. Here's what, what I don't understand: Is it like one makes people attracted to two-month-old babies that they want to cut off part of to make wider their private parts so that they can reap them honestly at that particular point when i hear such stories i would want to agree with the christians that there must be demons <laughs> <laughs> i also don't have a logical explanation to what would cause you that that's, no, a, I, cause that's I was, the only time i believe in demons that maybe this person is possessed by yeah. some other spirit because obviously a human being cannot be able because my theory is that um there are some people who society fails to code morality into and for these people, yeah. 
anything is in a way permissible for them, at least in their heads. Or I take two views. Either that is true or I was reading a paper on behavioral genetics. I think that it might be a genetic thing that we might be subjected to certain propensities because of the genes that we have. Like the paper was talking about mm-hmm. um, your preference from of bananas to um, apples. That, that, that might a be a genetic thing. thing. Yeah. That there are certain, what they do is they... Mm-hmm take these genes then they put it on a polygenic not to sound racist but it sounds like a white people thing (laughs) (laughs) because bananas and apples are not even a reality for the rural malawian sometimes but the point that they were trying to stress was Mm -hmm. that when you when you take these genes Mm -hmm. compile them and put them on a polygenic score you can be able to predict what that person would be attracted to so it it brought a huge problem with the nature versus nurture debate because for the most part people thought that how it's how you turn out is mostly by nurture yeah, not how not you how, were born yeah. but then now with the coming of these writings it brought a huge why, why problem don't they use why them. don't so then why do you why do people argue against people being gay because that's the same argument yeah. that is being made that, that it's pro- it's might be a genetic a thing. genetic thing so because I, at least for for the number of people that I have um for the number of people that I've listened to, yeah. they seem to be in somewhat, to a certain level, agree that, that being gay, is sexual thing. attraction generally, it might be for the most part genetic. It's not a social or construct it, it, because yeah. sometimes I ask myself that we are saying that gender is a social construct, yeah. but sex is biological. But now, is it? I don't know about transsexuals. I don't think mm. it's biological now. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the same thing with? being gay that is mm. how you are socialized because i am attracted to girls maybe because i was socialized yeah, to in, like that to like that and maybe if i was also but then that will bring in a problem that if you find let's say two twins yeah who are raised in almost very very, very, very similar, similar circumstances you should never ever find like, one twin who's gay and another twin who's not gay yeah but the paper and that, I think you that just it cite, might not be a socialization thing yeah the paper that you just cited that if it's genetic for one to prefer apples over bananas. Maybe I think that but just see, proves that it's genetic yeah. for one to prefer men to women. It, it might, yeah, it, it might be. It, it, it might. It be can be to linked. Some extent. It can be linked yeah, it, to yeah, some extent. Yeah. But then I don't think that it, the problem that I find is that most people, most conservative people, would never in a million years <laughs> even think of accepting such an idea. Because it, it, to keep pushing this, to, yeah, even to keep the, pushing even that, the thing about bananas and apples, I feel like the they would say that, that, that that's, stupid. That's, yeah. stupid. that's stupid because I think to be able to continue spinning a certain narrative I think you have to reach a point where you just have to lie because you're not going to get there mm. by being honest And uh, do you believe that that's what is happening right now between conservatives and liberals that the, that the someone lying. yeah someone has started to lie just to yeah I think that both of them are like like on the transgender thing yeah um uh, was, it, was it Ben Shapiro? I think I heard this from Ben. No, it wasn't Ben Shapiro. It was a, I, I forget. I forgot the name. But then yeah. he was. He cited a paper in which, um, a paper which talked about um, transgenderism actually being cured. That if you give, if you put most transgenders, was it ninety percent of transgender yeah. people? If you make them go to um, a therapist, yeah. About ninety percent of them will either just turn out gay or lesbian, but not actually want to go all the way through with to with cut the, off parts yeah. of their body. But oh. then that, that's not something that the left would accept. Oh They'll yeah, want to and I remember you and me and did the have... right will 
You remember yeah. we did have this discussion at some point, and I told you that for me, I have no problems with gay people, lesbian, and by you know also people say that saying that I have no problem with them is just a problem in itself. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see how that's implicit. Yeah, that's implicit. Problem- yeah. Problematic. But then. The moment that we start having the transsexual discussion now, there, I, yeah, I'm not that, that's why I, I take um Dave Chappelle's approach. He says that these everyone in the LGBTQ community, yeah, they're in, all of them are a different movement by themselves. They're not the same thing. We're made to we're made they're to not. believe that they're it's one. True. They're one movement, but then all of them are fighting for very very different things. Especially the transsexuals, I think they are yeah, fighting for. Yeah, I, I mean, they I have a long way to go. I think I'll look this accepting. up after the podcast, but I believe that if we had a certain survey with lesbians and gay people mm. about transsexuals, I feel like not all of them might also be comfortable with that idea. <laughs> but I think the, what has happened is that, I think my my fear in what happened is that Every group that was oppressed yeah. has just brought itself together to stand a better chance of each winning their rights. So kind of like black people, the same things that like with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like yeah, every it's bringing in the LGBTQ agenda. It's bringing in because everything. It's, it's very because at the end of the day, all of these people stand on the minority side of everything. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like minority groups must all just come together yeah. and push agendas and it's also that's a problem with the left because then i might be forced to agree to things that i'm not comfortable with just yeah. because we are all minorities in yeah, general yeah, and yeah. we are all trying to fight against the yeah. majority but i think that in a way that, that that's a compromise you'd have to, to make. make because you'd have to agree with stuff that you're not uncomfortable with to get what you think you rightfully deserve yes so i but it, it's really interesting to watch it's, it's very very very, very fun to watch because like i don't know if was it a month ago, mm-hmm. but I don't. I wait. No, I don't think I should tell the story. I will not tell. I will not tell the story. Yeah, I'm also very. You know, the thing about this podcast is that I would like to speak a lot, mm. but then I'm like, I, I really oh, want. Listen. I want to hear yeah. what the audience would say yeah, in advance. Yeah. And the, the problem with Google podcast, it doesn't allow people to comment. Like I can't. Yeah. Oh yeah. By, by the way, if you're listening, you can um, tweet at me. You can tweet your comments to um. What's my handle? I think it's Frank Lotion. Yeah, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's Frank Lotion. Wow. Or you can um send me an Instagram DM on uh, at Michael Maluka. Yes. Now yeah, we can continue. Yeah, we can continue. So for me, I feel like the more of these podcasts that I might be on, that's the more comfortable I'd become to speak. Yeah, and I think I I'm kind of getting better at this. Yeah, you are getting at podcasts. I hope I am. I, I, I believe you because I, I listened to your first podcast yeah. and now I've seen and now yeah. the thing is that it's like you're the guest these days because you're mm. more active you're able to yeah. bring up your perspectives mm. and it is perspective with Michael, Michael <laughs> yeah. <anyway. laughs> so and the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was um I don't know if we should dive into the harms of religion now the harms of religion yeah, yeah, because you know that but, that was what you sent me. Yeah, in, all of this, but, all of these discussions that we've had yeah, up to this point, they were supposed point, to lead to this. Yeah, much. they were supposed to lead to this, and these were not things that we discussed on. Yeah, you just you know. so what exactly? Okay, have you have you changed? Say, oh, at least since yesterday, since yesterday, your view on um on the ha- religion? Does. No, I have not because yesterday mm. we were not talking. Yeah, about that it. was very very um vigorous. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I have not. Because it's something that I have to speak up about at this yeah. point. Because I was very reluctant to speak up on this point. Because 
I really didn't see the harm that yeah. the legion. But then ever since the pandemic started, I've started to see the effects yeah. of the legion. And I've come to realize that maybe religion does more harm than it does yeah. good. Well, I, I, the reason I, I am sometimes quite lenient on religious groups is because a lot of the charities, a lot of the schools that have been established in the past yeah. have been by religious groups. Yeah. However, now I'm not sure that it's that religions are still doing the exact same thing. That yes, they give people a sense of purpose, and they yeah. help people cope with, let's say, ad- addiction. Yes, and this is something that I was telling and, you yesterday. That yeah. my thing, my biggest question that I I keep asking myself to clarify: that, we're not atheists, eh? No, I'm not. We are not atheists. <laughs> And that's the thing that I'm saying. That the last time that I had this discussion, certain people commented that I'm an atheist I mean, yeah. and all of that. And that's right, it's, it's just, a, I think, a way of religion to force everyone into submission. That if you, they'll try to find a label that you're uncomfortable with and call you that if you disagree with them on with, something. Yeah. But anyway, we'll proceed with what yes. you're saying. And the biggest challenge that I have, I keep asking my. Yeah. So as I was saying, the biggest challenge that I continue facing with myself when I think about whether religion is harmful is that if I have children of my own in the future, would I want to raise them as Christians the yeah. same way that I was raised in my parents' house, or would I want to raise them uh, to be so, so, to be secular in nature? And, and I think it's a very very weird balance because they might end up as religious bigots who mm. are the ones who are proponents of these weird motions. And I've come to realize that to, to settle this conflict within me, I have to answer the question that is religion harmful? Yeah. Like how harmful is it? Because yeah. if it's too harmful, I wouldn't want anything yeah. that harmful around my children. Or is it harmful to, in, to an extent that I can relate? Yeah. But then, so that's where I am right now. Yeah. I'm but, looking at how harmful religion is specifically because I'm a Christian, oh, so I would raise my kids yeah. as Christian. How harmful is the Christian? Do you think religion? that it will be? But you can raise them with a different rendition of Christianity. That maybe you should still be open to things that are outside of Christianity. Or if you try to, let's say, raise them to believe that yeah. the Bible is inspired by God, but may not be word for word what God narrated. Is. But yeah, that it, it it might have human mistakes within its efforts to try and communicate what God was saying. Because like the, I find there are some problems I myself have yeah. raised with the Bible. Like there are some scientific facts yeah. that I can't reconcile with like the Bible. Noah's like Arca. yes, yeah. Noah's Ark. There's no way Noah managed to fit in all the land animals into a hundred and fifty meter boat. Definitely. Like I've tried to convince myself, but I so the, I started looking at yeah. religion in as to be figurative, to symbolize man's struggle to constantly be better than himself. So, that's that's something maybe that you can read really but you have to understand that you can't do that because it's not going to happen in a vacuum if you're raising yeah. your kids as Christians you have to take them to church and yeah. they're preaching there they're going to they interact with them. other Christians as well yeah. so it's not going to be a vacuum I said nothing is happening in a vacuum so but, you but can't maybe, control that that yeah. is extremely beyond yeah. your control the only thing that you can teach them is that they should be able to process data and yeah maybe the goal should be to teach them to be rational more to than to be rational that when they receive yeah. information they should be able to process it yeah. and then draw up their own conclusions yeah, yeah, yeah. but then i'm also scared about that because a lot yeah. of people who i believe to be christians who are extremely irrational are my friends yeah. who I expected to be more rational? Yeah, than more rational than yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because I think religion has a unique ability to 
blind you in a way. That's what yeah. scares me a lot. That's like, what scares me too. Greatest, I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to raise kids who are yeah like that. But one of my greatest fears is to do evil while believing that I'm doing good. Because the crazy thing about that is that you you won't know that you're doing wrong. Yes. Like you're completely blind. Like you're there's this blind. um lady, and that's how extremists operate. Yeah, Islam extremists, yeah. and they are Christian extremists too. Wait, we but just do, don't do, uh, do you think that um for example the bombings are extremism or fundamentalism? Because I think I look at it as if you're <clears throat> if a certain religious text text allows for a jihad or a violent mm-hmm. um. A violent way of making your opponent submit. Yeah, I think that that if you obey that, I don't look at it as extremism, but yeah. as fundamentalism. Now, in no way am I trying to say that everyone who believes in Islam is an Islam extremist or wants to bomb you. Do not get that out of my out of what I'm trying to say. Very, but what I'm trying, but what yes. the message I'm trying to communicate. I'm also is, not agreeing to that too. Because yeah, I don't but, want to be cancelled <laughs> <laughs> because the the message I'm tr- the point I'm trying to make is yeah. that. As long as we agree that there is within these religious texts, Christianity, within the Bible or the Quran, a certain uh, a certain level of tolerance or violence, then if anyone is violent because of these texts, they're not really being an extremist. They're being a fundamentalist. And just this might not be... Com- in, the minimum requirement that yeah. the scriptures actually prescribe yeah. to those who follow it. Yeah, and this might not be compatible with... Um, the goals that we have set ourselves out to achieve, like for example, the the argument I make is that feminism is a secular agenda. It's an atheist run, an anti theist agenda in in many ways because I I don't think you can reconcile <laughs> the equality of man and woman with the Bible, like at least as far as roles go, but not importance, but as far as roles go, mm-hmm. because you have on the other hand the Apostle Paul saying that. Um, the woman is the weaker vessel, therefore should not be allowed to hold any position within the church. But you have to understand that the scriptures vary in their interpretation. Uh, no, but, but that's very explicit. In his letter to Timothy, he's very, very clear. It's hard to misinterpret that. He's very clear that do not allow the women to head the church. Like, he's quite explicit. And you also have, on the other hand, um, the Quran's uh, the, the Quran's narration of Muhammad's marriage to Aisha Abu Bakr, who is a significantly underage child. Yeah, here she was six. Yeah, she was six the time she got married. And the time they consummated the marriage, she was nine. And this might, I think this will lead us into discussing whether or not morality is subjective. Mm. But, I mean, as long as you have those things existing amongst us, I don't think that they can be reconciled with the agenda that we've set ourselves out to achieve right now. I just don't see how you can That's merge the two. That's what I'm saying. That's what I've been trying to say, that for me, I believe that if we question Christianity, Islam and religion, this belief in a supreme being yeah. that is invisible and everything, it has a lot of harmful effects. Yeah. And you remember when you were speaking, uh, you asked me about the Luna's ex yeah, yeah, video and yeah. I was saying that for me I believe that one thing that we have to understand is that these things that we call Satanism, agendas, yeah. whatever, they're a product of Religion, actually, yeah. the product of the devil is a product of the Bible, yeah. the same way that God is also. We've come to know God through the Bible yeah. because if there was no, I see what you dodged there. <laughs> you're, about <to> say, <laughs> you're about to say God is a product of the Bible. Yeah, then I, I, I thought about it. But that's the thing that 
the existence of the other is completely dependent on the existence yeah. of the other as well. Yeah. And Christians refuse to see that because yeah. they believe that they're in this constant war with the enemy, the, yeah. an enemy that they also created. Yeah. So obviously, if you're in war, the other side will also retaliate back. Yeah. To certain things that they're going to be doing, yeah, like that. Why would you say that? Um, you can't whip a dog and never expect it. I never expected to, to bite you back yeah, every yeah. day. So, what if the devil is also a religious fiction? Mm. The same way that, wow, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I got, I put myself in the corner there. <laughs> wow, I did not see that coming. Close, <laughs> very, very close. It was very, very close. Mm. But that's the same thing that. Mm. There is evil because there is good. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. There is evil because there is good. And because of these two brackets that we've created, one will obviously choose to fit into the other because, for example, I don't recognize myself as a Satanist, neither do I recognize myself as a Christian anymore. But then I have to belong to one of those two. Yeah. And if the Christians are pushing me away too much, I am going to push back by joining the other side and making sure that they also feel my influence on the other side. And that's what I feel like Lunas is doing in a way that by him being a gay person Mm. who sings secular music, who people don't agree with the relics, and when he wants to express himself in his videos and everything, because I believe they have been far more graphic songs because we can't stand on the moral high ground and say that that video influences the wrong people. What does, yeah. what wrong does it influence? And the, thing, the biggest problem I have with Christians is that for a long time, artists like Cardi B, Nicki Minaj yeah. have been doing things which are not appropriate for children. And yeah. people are arguing today that that video is not appropriate for children. How dare he uh, write that verse? And mm. how dare he, like he's pushing Satanism agendas. And, yeah. and what the thing that I always say is don't be angry on behalf of God because whatever that, that video is pushing, I believe it's him not being accepted by Christians. Christians constantly ridiculing him, constantly yeah. making him feel Which out is of what place. he... Which is the whole point of the video. Which is the whole point that of the you video. So I, you have placed him that if you're not with us, you're with the devil. Yeah. So he's saying, well, at least the sure. devil has accepted And I'll give the devil a lap dance on give, my way. Yes. <laughs> you have pushed him to that to that side, since yeah. you have not accepted him, then he's below. He's finally acting where he belongs. Yeah, then there's a problem with that and too. And they have a problem with that. Yeah. And then, strangely, these people are so angry on behalf of God. Yeah. Which I feel like is belittling yeah. God because if Be- you are it, angry on behalf of God, you're saying that he can't fight his own yeah. battles because I believe God has seen the video. Yeah. He was even <laughs> there when it was being yeah. made. So if he has problems with Luna's ex, he should. Deal with ex himself, whether on Judgment Day or he's going to send thunder or whatever. Maybe, <laughs> a, maybe a plague. He's yeah. been known to do that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he can. Oh, but and, we the be, reason I, why I, I am also um, deterred in a way to yeah. identify as a Christian is because of these same things. That the second I say that I'm a Christian, I'm committing myself to yeah. certain things that I fundamentally disagree with. Disagree with, with. and so that's why I'm I'm too I'm too. Undecided on whether or not I should even identify as a Christian because I'm certainly not an atheist. I don't believe that there's nothing out there. And but is, then I'm. There are too many things that are happening. And this is a huge problem the in the Christian circle. community itself. We have an artist like, uh, oh, the Christian rapper. Oh, what's his name? There's so many. No, right. this guy. This guy. Lacrae. Yeah, oh. I wanted you to mention the name because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass myself on air. How <laughs> to mention his name? <laughs> but yeah. He wrote a book, and I've been seeing his tweets and so many things about these things that 
he didn't necessarily fit in into the church culture like yeah. the worship songs what and he's been trying to express that uh he he feels like one should be able to worship god also in a manner which they are comfortable with and then yeah. like people have been pushing back there's only one way to worship yeah, god yeah, yeah, yeah. but and then if he's not with god then he's with the devil yeah now if you're pushing him to that aspect he will probably start acting like a follower of the devil the same way that christians act like followers of god and then you're just pitting each other yeah like, you, you end up deterring people in your efforts to try and make to them try and work make them like more like you them. you deter yeah. them and maybe you might be preaching for the other side mm. more than you're preaching for your own yeah but well, what, do, do, should we talk about the um subject of morality or should we go to the democracy to the dictatorship comes to dictatorship yeah, i believe this discussion is going to read tomorrow anyway okay. because christianity is just advancing morals which we believe were given to us yeah. by divine being yeah well, do you, do you think that in a way you can um come up with a certain level of morality that is better than that which is being prescribed by the christian groups or by let's say the mainstream interpretation of the bible better morality yeah yes do you think okay so in that spirit why how how do you think you can get rid of the significant influence that the bible is having on let's say on constitutional matters because i think that for the mo- even for the most part when you when you're talking about the criminalization of homosexuality <clears throat> yeah almost 100% caused by um the uh, our beliefs in the bible yeah. i i struggle to find a reason yeah, yeah. or to imprison two women who are having sex with each other like Yeah, sure you may not agree with what they're doing. That's but the thing. That doesn't mean that you should imprison. You, you you know when you when we talked about serialism and everything. Yeah. I went and like I looked at the word and I know it in abstract in its abstract form what it okay. means and but what is it really? And one of the definitions that I found was that you separate state it's a, it's a position where you're separating state affairs yeah, yeah. From, from the religion, church and, from yeah. the church. so that state and church shouldn't intermingle with one another in their operations. Yeah. And the church will always interfere with governance where it can. Yes. Like that's why that even exists in the first place that, to separate the church and the that's state. That's the thing. But for me, I feel like the state should operate morals are subjective for me, not when you say that our morals subjective. When you ask me that question, I'm not looking at it based on individuals. That when I say that they're subjective, it's not that I have my own morals as an individual and you then mm-hmm. no I believe that morals are subjective as a society yeah, yeah. and for me a society is people who share a group of ideas yeah. and they advance common interests and if you're speaking now the society that we belong to is the Malawian society because yeah. we live in the same geographical location yeah. with the same borders and everything so therefore all of the people in this country we are there to our common goal is to advance the economic, cultural, social and whatever forms of development that they are yeah. for all of us together. So that makes us a society. So anything that threatens that development is what we are going to consider immoral that yeah, advancement yeah, yeah, that, yeah. and that's what morality is. Therefore, what is moral for Malawi cannot be moral for America. What yeah. is moral for cannot be moral for Mozambique because you have got different goals. Yeah. So that's what that's how subjective morality Because, uh, is the the way i the only way i can come up with objective morality say that our morality is objective is yeah. if we can agree that the basic goal of morality is to further um human well-being 
then we can then start to agree that okay fine yes having which, which is what cleaner I was water to say. yeah mm-hmm. we're having cleaner water having um these things are generally preferable so, so we anything are going to strive that threatens that. that is immoral yeah then yeah. to get to, in case any listener is um coming up with the argument that well you can't really establish objective morality in the absence of a god the counter argument i came up with that it would do to that is that if does god tell us to do things because they're good and tell us not to do things because they're bad or are they bad because god tells us not to do them or are they good because god tells us to do them if you choose to take the to take the first route and say that um things are good or bad because god tells us that they are good or bad right. then you set yourself up for a trap and in that trap is that your definition of good and bad just boils down to what your understanding of what god is and that is also objective that is also subjective however if you take this the second route and say that um god tells us to do things because they're good and god tells us not to do things because they're bad mm. then god ceases to be the foundation of the morality and simply becomes a prescriber so that's in i it took me a long time to get my head around that but once i did i found myself coming up with better moral code better moral codes for my life and that's the thing that as and that's why i said we can come up with better morals because we can we can become the prescriber of yeah. morals yeah. and i tell you that even if a group of atheists or anything were to prescribe morals yeah we can still reach the same conclusion yeah. that let's say homosexuality shouldn't be allowed in our society yeah. it's possible to reach because for me i'm saying that what we need to do is that we need to uh measure that we need to look at reasonable members of one thing that we have to understand is that we are a standalone society mm. that's the first thing because the agenda that we are trying to advance are not the same agenda that another society is trying to advance so we should be secluded and that's how i believe china is developing that they don't they view themselves as a standalone society they don't intermingle too much in term, when it comes to their morals and then when we view ourselves like that we should then say that what are we trying to achieve oh shit okay what are we trying to achieve and then what we should say is that if this is right who decides that it's right among us yeah. obviously it has to be only the reasonable ones among us it's the yeah. same thing that we do with elections not yeah. everyone is eligible to vote but well, i i have a problem with it with our election system that yeah, but, everyone but, is being allowed even those who are stupid my <laughs> point voted. is that my point is that not all of us among us are reasonable for example yeah. as i've said these people who are blinded by religion obviously we shouldn't trust their opinion <laughs> because it's biased it's yeah. biased they're not thinking on their own because the moment you introduce the term homosexuality it's no longer about as a society what our goals and does yeah. this affect our goals no it's just going to be God what says does no. God think about yeah. this? So we're not thinking about us. You're thinking about heaven, because yeah. if anything, let it be banned in heaven, because that's His men. <laughs> so we have. I to, can anticipate a lot of negative <laughs> comments. <laughs> we have to have a clean slate, and yeah. then we have to say that okay, we, us as reasonable people who are trying to achieve this, what if this comes among us? Does that deter us from the development that we are trying to achieve? Yeah, and then we have to measure it. By how much it is, how much the idea is uncomfortable and discuss, and how disgusting it is to a huge population of us, a majority of us, because maybe something might just be uncomfortable to certain right, members, yeah. but then it's not that disgusting and it doesn't really affect anything in general. Yeah. 
So why should we then lead to banning it? Yeah. But if we all agree that not only does this make us uncomfortable, but it's also disgusting to all of us, then we cannot allow well, it. The problem I have with um uh just saying that okay because this because we agree that well we're really disgusted by this then we must make it um, we must ban it is because you can ban something that can positively contribute to your society that's why i say so that, I think the, that the biggest must the biggest measure kind of isn't the disgust but then oh, okay, yeah. the development yeah okay yeah, the yeah, development yeah, yeah, should be the key for our yeah, yeah, yeah. and if we did that i tell you that maybe we might come to the same conclusion yeah that well this is too this too adversely affects our development therefore we shouldn't but Christians are so afraid to think outside of to think of morals out outside without God being there. Yeah. They're like they like they don't trust themselves to make the right decision. Like no, they can't prescribe. Yeah, well, which is in in, also in some way also a fundamental belief of the faith. Then I think every religion has to do that. It has to take away your trust from your intellect, because if you're going to ask someone to be rational on something, you will have to make sure that they don't trust their rationality to begin with. Because if they trust it, I don't think there's a way to get to them. And that's what indoctrination is. Yeah. Like you constantly have to indoctrinate them yeah, into yeah. what they must believe, what they must think. That's and I, it's an ongoing cycle. Like you just, you, I don't think that at this level it can be stopped. Because no, well, that's if why, anything, actually that's religions why, that's are expanding. For me, if for me my biggest concern is my future kids. Because yeah. I feel like, as for the rest of these people, it's a, it's a lost cause. And yeah. I still refer back to the Lula's video that people are saying that, oh, this is wrong. So I, my argument is, why, why are you angry on behalf of God? Because if it's... I remember Chris Rock did say this in his uh, Tumbling, if you watch Tumbling, like his, his stand-up stand thing. Uh-huh. And he said that if God is that powerful, he shouldn't be angry on angry his on behalf. His behalf yeah. He can sort out his own issues. Yeah. So don't be angry on behalf of God when looking at the Lula's video. I'm not angry on behalf of God. Yeah. So he's attacking God or whatever he's doing. I'm not angry. The only concern that I would have would be the younger members of our society. Maybe it might negatively influence them. Mm. But then I think that duty lies with parents. Yeah. You know, it's not Luna's duty to put out content that is fitting for my child. Yeah. It's up to me to ensure that my they child is, is looking at content mm. that is fitting for them. There are so many ways you can do that. Like, if I have a tablet, PG. And my PG is there. You yeah. can put it on your DSTV. You can put it on yeah. your mobile devices. You can put it on so many things. So, when you look at things in such a reasonable point of view, you realize there's nothing wrong. Yeah. But look at how Christians are reacting. At all, well, we're going to burn you. Well, yeah, I'm <laughs> there. And then something which I really have a problem with is like, why are you angry on behalf of God? Oh, no, I'm not angry on behalf of God. But then think about our kids. And like, but your kids watch Cardi B. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> probably watch porn anyway. Yeah, so so I, that's not your biggest problem I mean, right now. Maybe you're just a homophobe in general. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's not even about his gender or sex or whatever. Yeah. Now it's about that verse. Why would you read about certain? Why is he not dancing? Yeah. Like, well, again, what is your problem with these things? You see that they lack. Because like this, the, the, the rationality, the rationality, behind. like a rational person should think about this. For if it's about my, that's why I'm saying that for me, I just care about my children because for the rest of the people, they're lost cause. You know, <laughs> right now, I don't <laughs> think that yeah. I could add, I could tell a born again Christian anything. Really. Well, because it, it, the so, thing, another thing with religion is like, which I'm really saying, 
it will blind you. This is why I'm very, very scared to have total faith because all faith is blind. And you don't know if you're doing something that is evil. I was about to tell the story about um, Megan Phelps. Yeah. She was um, part of the Westboro Baptist Church, so you can Google this. Yeah. So it's an what it does. It's an anti-LGBT church. So what they do is that they go to army veteran funerals yeah. and they tell them that God is laughing at you because your loved one has died. Because your loved one has died since they fought for a country that um, treated gay people in a, de- in a decent manner. And while she was for they, they, like the actually current placards are saying that. Um, our veterans die, God laughs. Wow. And while she was part of this um, church, she said that she saw absolutely nothing wrong with what she was doing. Actually, she thought that what she was doing was um, something that has to be praised in society, something that everyone must be doing. And It's and very dangerous. It's, 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 very, it's, it's very, very yeah, dangerous. It's scary because you can't me, see the wrong with and it. And for me, I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm no longer blinded by such things. But then mm-hmm. I will bring light into this world and you, you you have to make sure that I that life is secured to, to some extent. So, I think should, now we can move on to the uh, to the dictatorship uh, to our favorite dictator. Kamus your Banda. favorite dictator. Oh, actually, our only dictator. So is he our only dictator? <laughs> in principle, <Okay>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, are are where do you stand on this? That do you think that we should celebrate Kamuzu? No. Oh, why is that? Uh, for me, I, I feel like I always tell the story of the Chiras, Odon mm. and Vera Chira, because yeah. when I looked further into the story, when I researched, it's a very sad story, because mm. Odon had called Kamuzu into this country, and Odon had fought, and like when... I think you get closer to your mind. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. There's so much that he did that it outweighs any good that he must have done. And the good that people mention about him, it's, it was just him fulfilling his duties as a president because he took over the country from the British, right? Yeah. So obviously, what was the first agenda? Development. So now people praise him for building Chanko. Like, in 30 years... Oh, actually, generally, all the biggest establishments we have told you. Yes, but then... All of them were... At that particular back. point, that was the goal that we had to do because what would have happened? We would have never had them until today. We would have mm. waited until the bingo era to like start having universities like masks, what, what. Yeah. Because that, that's what is expected of our leaders. And that's one thing which I don't appreciate about politics in this country, that we praise people for doing their jobs. And uh-huh. we do this for so many But people. then I think that we must recognize, um, to some extent, the genuine courage that it took to get those things done. And I think that that's what is praised to him. It's not that we do not recognize the evil. Actually, all his evil was taught as part of our syllabus for over a decade through yeah. a book called Smoldering Charcoal. So it's not that the evil is not recognized. Yeah. But I think that what is praised No, I think it, it, was it's one, recognized, but it's undermined. That's also something that... Because mm. you're talking about a fictional book that I was just trying to portray it, but then now you don't... But it, I think it did it, a good it, it job. It did a good though. job, but you don't have to go to fiction. There are actual real-life stories. There are yeah. actual real-life people. Vera Jira. But, but then, Jira, like, the books like, in Smoldering Charcoal, those, uh, the events that happened actually happened. Just that the names are changed. Yes, so that's the thing, that are you really saying that the price for such little development was that much terror? I, I don't think it's very, it's little development at all, because I think, I mean, mention to me one person who has contributed more to this country than Kamuzu Banda. Mention to me one person who has ruled this country as long as Kamuzu Banda. No, putting, putting that aside. No, because put, that, that's something that we have to consider. Okay, also. fine. If, let's say, take any leader of your choice. Do you think that if, if we gave them 40 years, they would have done what Kamuzu did? Like, look at the... the it's w- also what? about context. As I, as I keep saying, things don't happen in a vacuum. You have to look at the timelines which this 
person existed. Mm. This person existed at that particular time. Malawi had better resources then because he also helped instill had better I think Malawi had better resources when Demo- when um Bingo and Bakili were coming in. I think that though for what those people had access to, they did very, very little compared to what Gamus had. I mean, for Gamus to build Chanko, he had to go through a whole lot of problems to build that because every donor was against him. They, were about, they cut our funding because of his wanting to build that. And when he had finally done it, yeah. now the donors were like, oh, now we see what you, now we see what you did. They, did. they did not apologize for anything yeah. uh, for, uh, for all they did. But I, I don't think that it's fair to take away the credit from him. That I mean, there's only one person who has contributed that much to this country. And I don't think it's fair to take away, do not recognize the good that he has done. Yes, he's not a saint, mm. but I think we must always recognize... I recognize it. I just don't... Good I, that this I, people, it's not that I don't recognize it. I recognize the good that he did, and I recognize... And I think... And, and I also recognize, the, recognition I recognize the bad that he did for what it was, not for however... I'm not going to put the bad here then i'm going to weigh the good here and i'm going to start saying which one because you yourself are extremely disgusted by hitler this is because constantly at the beginning not not personally but yeah at the beginning of this you use hitler as the perfect example of someone who deserved the death sentence because hitler did not achieve anything well in germany he did i mean who was the first who was the first rule of germany to send it into a very very critical financial state to send it into a hyperinflation it was hitler the largest starving that has ever happened in German history, it was Hitler. All Hitler did was he got close to establishing German supremacy. That's all that he I, did. I think, but I, when you, you, I don't think you can compare that to a guy who has developed this country to the, who has developed this country, majority of yeah. the development of this country stands on his, on his shoulders. The biggest institutions we have in this country till this very day are still by him. So we, we didn't deserve- I think it's that, that, it's that which we recognize on Kamuzu Day. It's not that we're not recognizing the evil that he did. We have what about that the what for, what about the evil decade. then? Since you're celebrating the good, what happens to the evil? What 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 do you do? About uh, but the evil? but you can, I think everyone has access to that because it was taught for over what, a what, decade. What happens then? Since we are celebrating the good, what happens to the evil? I don't think anything has to be done about because the guy is dead. Like what can you? What more can we do? The guy is gone. Oh, okay. So for me, I do something about it. I don't celebrate uh, him. Because so you don't, you so don't that, celebrate that's a personal decision. Yes, I feel like they because they I mean, completely not, outweigh I the we, bad that he did. So that's uh, that's for me. I'm, but I think I'm allowed we, to we have that. to take into account in the time that this time this guy grew up. Context. He grew up in the mo- in the bloodiest century that has ever existed at this time. Yeah, I it remember. Co- I mean, you compare him to his peers. To me before, yeah. I remember. Yeah, like I mean, compare me him to his peers. He was the best leader amongst all his peers. So yes, he was not perfect. But then keep in mind that this guy grew up at a time where. Everyone was bad. Like every leader, except for a very, Whoa, very a lot few. Of, a lot of, very few. A lot, of, a lot of males these days are what? I, I don't, I'm not saying that we should. Um, are you I'm not trying that to justify that just because I grew up in a certain environment, I'm not allowed to come out a better human being? The argument I'm trying to make is that your environment will have an influence on you. And so then what I, I advance the same argument about mm. criminals that mm. if someone is a murderer because of problems yep. in their environment, they mm. should be allowed well, to well, be looked at but as what someone who has a problem 
and mm-hmm. not as someone who is a killer. But w- what I didn't say was yeah. that we must exonerate them of all this evil. What what I Why said was Why are you exonerating Kamozu then? I'm, I, I'm not exonerating. You I'm said, saying that well, his evil he's has dead. been torn. He's dead. So that's it. You're, that's again, it. You might he notice d- that there's, a, dif- even, there's a difference even... between a criminal who's alive, <laughs> who we can punish, and a criminal who's dead. Like there are two very very different things. So a guy, I mean, criminals. When you're comparing um, the the guy I was telling you about who um, killed nine thousand people to a guy who developed his country, yeah, I mean that, that's I okay. think that's not a fair comparison of the two. Okay. Oh, I have to say, I believe that Kamuzu was a tyrant, huh? and we are allowed to view him differently, maybe. And I will always believe that. And huh. but but okay, I came but to that do, do you think that it's don't you think that it's still important to recognize? the good that people made out of the little that they had. I believe that people must be remembered by how they lived. That's mm-hmm. the only way that we'll have a better society. Because I okay, really well, so that. in that spirit, don't you think that we, mu- we must remember what Kamuzu did? I okay, fine. So if we, let's say if we punish him by taking away Independence Day, how do you recognize the good that he did? By taking away Kamuzu Day, that's, that's the thing. That's but, but well, he's recognized enough. There are so many institutions that are named after him. He mm-hmm. built a thing. He named. We have Kamuzu College of Nursing. We have what? I believe that's adequate enough to celebrate him. Okay, so we can still celebrate the, him, but just not to a certain extent. Is that because if I think we can use the exact same argument that you're making previously to remove his name off of every single building that he built? So that's what I'm saying. You wanted me to strike a balance between. Mm-hmm. The good and the evil. Yeah. So I'm saying that my balance is that I don't think that we should even dedicate a day to celebrate him and everything. Because if that's the thing, we have people in Malawi's history that are not being celebrated every day. Because Kamuzu, even that struggle that you're saying to reach that position, it's not that he did a lot. It's just he didn't that do it alone. I, I accept that. I, like think it, it, I agree. Th- even him, like being the leader of this country, Otto Nchiro could have easily been the president of the MCB. He he willingly gave up that thing because mm. they believed that. For the betterment of Malawi, we need someone who is competent enough, yeah. and we are not competent enough. So let's invite someone who's competent mm-hmm. enough to yeah. do that. So those are also people that we must celebrate. So if anything, let's just have Matias Day, and if you want in your mind, you have Kamuzu as your Matia, mm-hmm. I'll have Oton as my Matia. What? But then well, we but shouldn't. Matias Day for those who died. Like I'm, I'm not against okay, having yeah. more holidays that, that respect I'm the people. I'm just saying that we should have a holiday that celebrates. People who fought for Malawi and independence, mm. whether they are still alive, whether they, d- yeah, maybe we can't call them martyrs exactly because we didn't shed blood for it, but all the people who made different sacrifices and Kamuzu included them so mm. that he did make those sacrifices, standing up against donors or anything yeah. like that. But him being a tyrant will be overshadowed if he celebrated like that. And he okay, was still so, a tyrant, so we should take away Kamuzu Day because that's the discussion that we're the, having here. Okay, for, for the sake of being clear. Yeah. I'm not saying that um, there's a certain value that Kamuzu Day specifically has. The argument I'm trying to further is that we must celebrate the people who who's, who our success stands on. Yeah. Even if they did some level but of evil, considering remember, how we must also remember those who our blood was shed because of their actions. Those who mm. we suffered because of their actions. That must be the same thing. Mm. So, I don't understand how people advance, well, you're following colonial ways, you have problems because they colonized us, but then there are also some Africans among ourselves who were more like colonizers when the colonizers left because they brought in the same amount of pain to the rest of the people that were there, so that's the same thing. We should use the same measurement for them too. That's what I am trying to advance. I I understand the argument you're making, but I think that for a person who um, contributed for the one person who 
has contributed the most to this country. Yeah. I think that he stood he deserves to be recognized. So I'm not saying that it always has to be through Kamuzu Day. Yes. Because what initially what initially I was getting from um yeah. the from the argument that we must not celebrate Kamuzu Day yeah. is that we must not remember him at all because of the evil that he did. No, no, so, that's not my okay, point. Okay, with the clarification you have, I think that strikes a fair balance. Yeah, that's like, yeah, what I was I think saying. It, it recognizes that, that's the, the balance. That, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's okay. what I'm driving at. Oh, so you, you're 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 still okay with us celebrating him and the things that he has done, right? To a certain extent, yes, I am. To a okay, certain fine. extent, oh, well, <laughs> that, a very a half win for me. Yeah, it's a half win. <laughs> you take your wins where you can. Okay, I think we have pretty much dis- discussed all the topics that we. Yeah. on discussing yeah, sure. so I hope to the listeners that you liked this episode yeah. was, hey, one hour 30 minutes wow. so I hope you guys liked this episode and if you have any comments you can tweet at me at Frank Lotion yeah, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he needs to give us a new, a new album anyway but uh, and yeah. you can send me a DM at Michael Maluka on Instagram. I think that's my handle. But mm. if, if it's not, I'll switch it before I release the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I don't partake in social media. I am on Twitter though, but... Well, but, but your name is... Um, my, my, my Twitter handle? Yeah. It's Twitter Tracy handle. underscore Junior. Like oh. the capital T, Tracy and yeah. underscore Junior. Junior. But then yeah, so like you, you... I don't do anything on Twitter my life because... You lot are mad. No, you comment stupid things. <laughs> I, I do, but these these people are mad. I, I feel like we should have another discussion for that one day. About Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay, so thank you for listening. Till next time. Till next time.